Dr. Roddick Spiszek is a board-certified MD in both pediatrics and allergology and immunology, a professor of immunology at St. Charles University, where he earned his MDs and his PhD, the global CEO and former CSO at clinical stage immuno-oncology company Sodio, and I'm honored to say he's my guest on today's episode of The Business of Biotech. I'm Matt Piller, and on this episode, Dr. Spiszek is going to share his company's strategy as it manages the development and production challenges of an incredibly robust and diverse roster of cell therapy, IL-15 superagonist, and antibody drug conjugate candidates in the Sodio pipeline. Dr. Spiszek, I'm sure I'm butchering your name, but thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And you're actually doing great with the pronunciation of the last name. So thanks for that. I appreciate that. Don't give me too much credit. I'm sure to get it wrong here as we as we move through our discussion. Not much uh, room for improvement. This, this is <laughs> so let's get to know you a little bit better, Dr. Spiszek. Um, you've been at, at Sodio for more than 10 years now, uh, serving in various capacities, as I mentioned, uh, CSO leading up to your appointment as global CEO, uh, back in 2018. So give us a little bit of background on you and your your, your story, uh, you know, in, in your journey there at Sodio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Matt, exactly as you said, I mean, I'm, I'm a physician. Uh, I, I, I'm a board certified pediatrician, pediatric hematologist and immunologist. And uh, I would say that the first 10 years of my career, I was following a perfect academic type of career, uh, doing a PhD in tumor immunology in France for, let's say, three years. Then then working on my board certification here back in the Czech Republic. And after that, uh, uh, I decided to do a regular, let's say, top-level postdoc uh, in tumor immunology, which I did in the U.S. at Rockefeller University in, in New York City mm-hmm. uh, in, 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 in the group uh, of, of former Ralph Steinman, who was working on dendritic cells. So up until 2000. Seven, I guess. Uh, I, I, I've always believed that uh, I will, I will pursue the classical type of career where I will try to combine a top-level clinical work uh, uh, with the science. But a year after my return to the Czech Republic in 2009, I sort of got approached by a, a Czech guy. Uh, an owner of a financial institution called PPF that is not so much known uh, in the US probably but in, in, in Europe, in Asia it's, it's well known as a, as, a, as a tremendously huge financial institution with over 45 billion uh, euros or, uh, in, in assets that is spread across various industries and, and it's all uh, basically been an adventure of uh, one single owner, Mr. Peter Kellner, who has built it. So mm-hmm. you can imagine when he approached me in, in 2009 with the idea that he would like to uh, sort of make me a part uh, of his adventure that he wants to start in biotech, it was actually extremely exciting. And it, it was an opportunity that I've never thought about uh, before uh, this interaction happened. Yeah. After, after an approximately a year of discussions, we agreed that we will create an entity that, that has become Sotio, uh, which was in 2010. And the, the, the dream and the idea from the very beginning was to create 
an entity uh, that would have the vision of building a diversified portfolio of oncology programs at different stages of development. And with the help of PPF, with PPF being the only entity funding uh, funding SOTIO, we would try to build the portfolio and to bring the programs forward. And the dream of all the people involved in the company is that one day one of those programs will make it all the way through the different stages of the clinical development, will get on the market, and by that Sotio would transform into a regular pharma company. So so this is how it started. This is what sort of persuaded me uh, to get involved into that. And, and there was, of course, a great degree of naivety at that stage. <laughs> I, I, I started that in the position of a CSO with the belief that my sort of previous training allows me uh, to, to, to judge of, on, on what programs in the world might be attractive scientifically and mm-hmm. might eventually become good oncology programs for the portfolio of the company. Yeah, I'm always really intrigued by the uh, you know the, the the backstory of the leap that academics make into industry, and I've found you know through through conversations with people who have made that leap that it's it's it often starts with maybe a little bit of dabbling, a little bit of investment activity, you know, and and kind of blossoms over time. It sounds like this was a pretty stark, you know, pr- pretty hard right hand turn for you. Um, I mean, just a personal question: Was there you know, maybe maybe not having a whole lot of uh, industry-facing experience. Was there were, were there any nerves, any anxiety around engaging in uh, in, in the venture? Oh, absolutely, and and uh, I mean, it, it, it's still there because I mean, the the idea. Well, as probably apparent from my from my previous answer, I've had zero experience with drug development. I had zero experience with with uh, pharma industry. But I mean, after three years in the U.S., I, I, I had a very good idea about how risky it is uh, to sort of discuss with somebody that we will try to identify the most attractive early stage oncology programs around the world and make drugs out out of those experimental compounds. I I very well knew and I'm still of course aware about the fact that the chance that we are the ones who find those uh, holy grails uh, in the experimental world, the, the chance that those compounds will turn into the real drugs is below 10%. And, yeah. and uh, the the effort uh, to bring those compounds through all the stages of the clinical development is extremely expensive. Uh, so from the very beginning, the the, the fact that uh, I'm, I'm I'm concerned about the fact that PPF is going to put so much money in into a program that is so risky and into the project that is so risky has always been a topic of our conversations, but. Well, as I said, it took a year, and I think that uh, we we all at the end had to become comfortable with the fact that this is a risky adventure, but in case it works, there's going to be a financial return on the investment for PPF. But of course, there will be a functional organization that will be built in the area of, of the world, in the region of the world, that for the moment is not known for being a biotech or pharma hub of the world. And I, I guess this is also part of the story that, that PPF wants to leave something tangible behind them, something that creates expertise and, and, and retains knowledge in, yeah. in the Czech Republic. 
Right. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's excellent. That's a, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. You know, you're, you're pioneering, uh, you know, in science, but also it's a cool, it's a cool element of the story that you're establishing something in the Czech Republic that perhaps wasn't there before. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we retain expertise. Uh, uh, well, we bring expertise and retain expertise and help building expertise in the area that, that did not support it prior to, prior to the studio start. That's, yeah. that's certainly an, an important part of the story for me personally. Yeah. Um, and, and meanwhile, you know, you, like you, you've maintained your professorship at, at, uh, Saint, at, at Charles University uh, in, in Prague. Is that correct? You, you maintain that yeah, yeah. Uh, academic yeah. tie? Um, you know, <laughs> is, that a, is that a function of maintaining that tie because it's a, a more comfortable place for, for Dr. Sp- Dr. Spieshek historically? Or is there real value for you in maintaining a connection to, uh, to academia? Yeah, it's, it's certainly a place where you can escape from, <laughs> from all the business discussions and, and relations that we have in Sotio. But uh, no, the, the, the real reason is that, uh, in, again, one of maybe naive uh, ideas uh, at the time Sotio was starting was that uh, it was hard for me to let go the scientific group that I established in Prague, the, 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 the group of people, stellar people uh, working in the domain of tumor immunology. So from the beginning, there was an agreement that I will sort of take this group with me to Sotio and we will retain our affiliations to the un- university. And I'm, I'm very grateful to the PPF that f- for the last 10 years, they have been supporting the, the let's say, the pure experimental work of this, of, of, of this, of this group. And we continue studying uh, the basic mechanisms of the interaction of the tumor cells with the human immune system. We continue publishing in, in scientific journals. The quality of the team is, has actually been increasing under this steady financial environment. So that's probably the primary reason why we kept the ties with the university. And as a physician, I, I like to spend uh, usually on Friday two to three uh, two to three hours in the hospital uh, just to go through, let's say, the, the most interesting, most difficult uh, cases, patients that are in the hospital. And, and uh, uh, again, my, my own perception is that this allows me to keep in touch uh, with the clinical activities, although that's certainly not enough to, to, to keep at the level where I was 10 years ago. But I... I I, I pretend to the others that I'm, I'm still a physician. Yeah, no, that's a, an important connection to maintain, and I think it's unique and, and certainly uh, admirable. Um, you know, and you, you mentioned, uh, as I mentioned from the outset of the conversation, your your pipeline is is large and diverse. I mean, it's it's a deep pipeline, and it's there's mm-hmm. quite a bit of it's I'd say uncommon uh, mm-hmm. d- diversity for a clinical stage biopharma. Um, and I want to tie that to, to something that you talked about, you know, your kind of uh, innate um, r- risk awareness, if you will, as the as the CEO of this company. Um, I'm curious if, if there's a connection between that, you know, that, that risk awareness and the breadth and depth of, of your pipeline. Is that a strategic, you know, kind of Dr. Spisek driven driven thing uh, to spread, spread spread risk, or is that just my imagination? Oh, it's it's probably not Dr. Spisek uh, risk awareness, but it's certainly a conscious strategy driven by executive people from PPF and also the executive management of of Sotio. Uh, and and as you say, 
the, the story of Sotio in this sense is certainly unique. It's not a typical biotech company that would take a molecule and, and take a risk and try to uh, translate it into the stage where it enters the clinics. And then the, the, the typical biotech would start looking for a partner or would, would sort of try to go public or, or would try to sell the, the, the program at the initial clinical stages uh, to a pharma company. Uh, in, in this sense, we certainly are different because the, the, the financial backing of PPF allows us to have this broad vision of us uh, eventually uh, becoming a pharma company. So in this sense, uh, it's, it's well thought through and the, the idea from the very beginning has been to try to uh, build a pipeline of let's say 10 programs, 10 oncology, all focusing on oncology, all focusing on technologies that explore the immune system mechanisms in order to target the tumor cells, but still diversified. So we are building a diversified pipeline of programs. Uh, the idea being that if one of the platforms, if some of the pro programs fail, which inevitably happens, there will be other programs that will progress nicely and, and will allow us to, to, to continue with the company activities. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, that adversity, so let's talk about that adversity. Uh, I, I gave a, a, a quick overview of it, but you've got three, This you, you can update me here where I get this wrong, you've got three clinically advanced cell therapy programs targeting prostate, ovarian, and lung cancers, mm -hmm. two IL-15 super agonist programs in oncology, uh, one preclinical, I believe, in one phase one, and two mm -hmm. preclinical antibody drug conjugates in oncology. So when we First of all, did I did I get that right? Is there is there more to that story? There's actually more. Uh, <laughs> okay. Been, Pro proving the point. Proving the point I'm about to make. There's actually more. <laughs> uh, end of last year, it's a public information. End of last year or mid last year, we we acquired uh, a CAR T uh, company, uh, a, a CAR T program, a very interesting, innovative CAR T program uh, that might have a chance to succeed in solid tumors. Uh, so we now have two cell therapy programs. There is a dendritic cell-based therapy program that you mentioned, and we now have in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, a CAR-T program uh, that became part of SOTIO uh, September last year, and that is now progressing very nicely with hopefully the first program getting into the clinics uh, end of this year. The Business of Biotech is brought to you in partnership with Cytiva. This April, Cytiva celebrates one year in the biopharma industry, 12 groundbreaking and revolutionary months working to navigate and overcome the worst viral pandemic in a century. In recognizing this key milestone, we have the opportunity to reflect on lessons learned and identify ways to innovate, adapt, and improve. To help drive this progress, visit Cytiva's Emerging Biotech Accelerator and check out a selection of helpful resources for biotech leaders at cytiva.com backslash emerging biotech. Yeah, so the, the question, uh, you know, that, that, as I said, kind of pr proves, proves at least the, the uh, premise of, of, my, of my question, and that's, you know, certainly theoretically, uh, you, you look at that breadth and you go, okay, this is a, this is a, it, it's, sound strategy. Um, but in practice, I can only imagine that this is a challenging thing to manage, to staff for, right? To, uh, to, to be a leader 
in all those mod- in all those modalities uh, at, at the clinical stage. Um, and, and this is a you know, it's a it's a big multi pronged kind of open ended question. But give us some insight, you know, as a CEO of this company, uh, how you bear that mantle of responsibility for leadership and acceleration of each of these diverse modalities. I get the common thread, you know, you mentioned the common thread of oncology and, and, and immunotherapy. Uh, but again, diverse modalities, how, how do you go about managing your way through that, that diversity? Oh, the, 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 that's spot on. That, that's, I mean, we've been in this stage of having, let's say, three and more uh, interesting, uh, attractive programs uh, for the last four years. And, 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 and we are currently at this stage where uh, the, the, the primary focus and the primary topic of our board meetings is how to make sure that the, the company is in, is in such a shape, like let's say expertise-wise, that we are able to move all of them forward uh, at, at the quality uh, that we want, at, at, the, at the top quality and at the pace that is required in order to be competitive. So that's certainly, uh, I mean, I would love to say that my primary uh, activity at this stage is to scientifically drive those programs, but it's not the case anymore. The, the, the biggest issue and the biggest concern that we have is to make sure that we have enough expertise uh, in the company uh, in order to to be able uh, to work on those, let's say, four different platforms uh, at the quality that, that, that we would like to pursue. I, I guess, and, and it's it's a work in progress, of course, uh, it, it's, it's certainly fair to say that I mean, we've realized long time ago already that there is no way for us to move this forward purely uh, with the people that are available in terms of expertise in, in Central European region. There's, there's no history of biotech, there's very little history of drug development. So we've been actually very lucky uh, that the story of, of SOTIO and of PPF wanting to build something diversified and serious and long-term is appealing to experienced people in Western Europe, experienced drug developers, experienced experience business development people in, 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 in Germany, in Switzerland, uh, uh, in, in France. And we've been sort of continuously assembling uh, a management team of experts from various disciplines that like the story, that want to be part of that, and that help us uh, to bring to, to to put together the organization that that would be functional and that would help us to achieve the dream. So we have now, uh, besides the headquarters in Prague, we now have an office in Basel. Uh, we have, uh, as I said, an international management team of experienced people that are driving the various disciplines and various programs that are helping us to establish a decent program management system within the company so that everything is structured and and uh, and, and uh, easy to monitor and i must say that the last six months we actually made a conscious decision to try to increase our presence in the us as well because mm-hmm. especially for bd activities for partnering efforts but also for uh, let's say, expanding our network of KOLs and, and of experienced drug developers, we actually see that the, the, the 
you need to you need to be active in the US uh, to to be able to tap the, this expertise that even in Western Europe. Uh, Drug development expertise is something that is very hard to get. So the, the last six months have also been very intense in, in terms of us trying to establish a more visible presence in the US and this activity will certainly continue. The acquisition of the CAR-T platform is a first step and we really plan to build around that uh, a, a very decent uh, drug development expertise. In, yeah. in, yeah, the more uh, the more I read and, and learn about the uh, you know the, the 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 talent crunch that exists now and and that is forecast you know in the coming years in, in biopharma and cell and gene technologies in particular, um, you know the more aware I am that it, it, it you almost you almost have to be global you almost mm-hmm. have to expand your geographic footprint to to find cultivate and retain mm-hmm. talent. How do you how is how is Sodio uh, going about that sort of at that at that development and process level? I mean, I, I understand you've assembled a, a pretty stacked team of uh, of management executives, um, but what what does that effort look like at, at the production level? I'm not sure I'm, I I got a question. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I guess I'm just yeah, I, that was a poorly <laughs> a poorly crafted question. I'm curious about your your strategy at the um, process development and manufacturing employee level. What what your strategy is to ensure that you've got good skilled talent, you know, working at that level as as well because again, it ties back to this diverse portfolio you know a lot of companies they only have to worry about you know car t expertise for instance yeah. because our entire portfolio is built on car t you you've you need to attract and retain talent at the process and, and manufacturing level across a, a much broader um yeah. array yeah. of modalities so yeah. there i there i there i go again i used a, way too many words to ask the question but hopefully you're following me now I actually very much appreciate it uh, but uh well the the this is actually not the biggest issue. Uh, uh, I've spent my entire scientific career working in the cell therapy domain, and and Sotio initially the the initial platform, the initial program that Sotio was built around was a cell therapy program based on so-called dendritic cell-based immunotherapy, which is a pretty logistically complicated approach on how to uh, produce dendritic cells that, upon injection to the patient's body, then induce an immune response against the tumor. And and we spent the first three years of Sotio uh, building the manufacturing capacity, cell therapy manufacturing capacity, uh, designing clinical trials with uh, this dendritic cell-based approach and building the team that would be able to handle the logistics uh, connected with shipping the cells around, with shipping the the blood samples of the patients around the world uh, in time um, at the right place. And by doing that, actually, at the end where we approach the regulators and we ask them for the approval of our clinical trials, uh, we, we collected an a immense amount of expertise in the cell therapy manufacturing 
economic and, and regulatory uh, activities. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm usually not the guy who is too bullish in terms of statements about our activities, but I actually don't know of any other cell therapy company that has so much expertise in cell therapy manufacturing and cell therapy regulatory activities and, and all the associated logistics. So there are people very comfortable. Uh, we, we have now acquired the CAR-T platform and one of the reasons is that we want to sort of build the, 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 and explore the synergy with the existing manufacturing uh, expertise that we have with the cell therapies. And for the moment, it's, it's working beautifully. Yeah. Uh, all the other programs that we have are biologicals. Uh, we have, as you said, IL-15 molecules, uh, different variants of, of IL-15, uh, uh, which is a classical biological. Uh, and then we are actually building a pretty, I think, interesting pipeline of antibody drug conjugates programs, which again is, has a large part of the biologicals manufacturing uh, expertise or aspect in it uh, with a little bit of uh, small molecule production. And for those activities, we have a very experienced team of people who are managing the external vendors, the external manufacturers. So the, and, and there's many of them in the world of biologicals. So the, 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 the manufacturing and process development actually has not been of such a big issue. In the cell therapy domain, we feel strong. We have a very strong internal expertise. And with respect to the biologicals production, we have very good professionals who handle uh, the external contract manufacturers who provide the manufacturing activities for us. Excellent. So the just just so I've got that straight, the the cell therapy effort that that manufacturing takes place in house. You maintain your own yeah, yeah, facility. Yeah, we have we have a large GMP facility, top state of the art facility uh, in Prague. Uh, I would say one of the biggest facilities for cell therapy production in 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 Europe, uh, and uh, this facility. I mean, we we did. Probably, yeah, I'll, I'll say it. We actually did a large uh, phase three uh, clinical trial with the dendritic cell-based program in the prostate cancer. And this involved 1,200 patients treated across the world, Europe, US, uh, and uh, we managed that, uh, we were able to manage that logistically, but also in terms of the manufacturing from the facility in Prague, without any flaws, without any issues, everything went smoothly. So that, that really sort of brings you a lot of expertise if you go through an exercise like this. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you anticipate that that, uh, that that manufacturing facility would be able to support commercial activity? Uh, Probably not. If, if we get there, uh, we do have plans for building a commercial facility. Uh, and And... Of course, that would depend on the number of patients. Uh, but uh, I guess more, if we ever get to the market with either of the cell therapy platforms that we have, uh, that would require a, a larger, uh, even larger cell therapy facility to be able to serve the market. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about that that relationship with PPF that, that you've mentioned a, a couple times here. So you, your Sodio is wholly owned by PPF, um, which mm -hmm. I understand just recently sold its stake in NBE Therapeutics mm -hmm. to Beringer Ingelheim mm -hmm. uh, for for a handsome sum. Um, 
Has that deal? How has that deal affected Sodio? Uh, and, and do you will Sodio continue to work with NBE on its preclinical ADC programs? What's give us mm-hmm. some insight into that? Yeah, so I'll go a little bit broader. Uh, as I said, the primary focus of Sotio is to try to get internally programs uh, for which we we would have global rights and that we could develop. Uh, <coughs> of course, from time to time. We see assets, we see companies that are not so eager uh, to, to uh, immediately uh, give global rights to their programs to, to, to Sotio or to get acquired by Sotio. Uh, NBE, uh, we, we met with uh, the founders of NBE at the very beginning of their adventure and we very much liked the, the, the scientifically the program and, and the vision of the company. And at the end, we agreed on the setup that I think is a great one uh, for for both parties. We agreed that Sotio would get global rights for two ADC molecules of Sotio choice based on NBE platform. So we currently in Sotio have two programs based on NBE technology. And at the same time, we became a large investor, uh, let's say 25% investor uh, in, in NBE over the time. So we were we, we have our own programs that we are working on, but at the same time we were involved as an investor uh, in NBE. Uh, NBE entered uh, phase one, program, started their phase one clinical program with their lead program mid, mid last year. And soon after they initiated the clinical program, uh, there was actually an interest from big pharma companies in, in the company and it ended up uh, with the sale of, of NBE to Beringer Ingelheim. Uh, and, and now I'm getting to the answer to your question. So f- for us, and, and us, I mean PPF and Sotio, this represents a huge step uh, forward because I mean, after 10 years, this is a first uh, example that the strategy that we have is successful that we were able to identify an asset that became very attractive even for big pharma companies within four years time. Uh, We were of course able to collect some money from the deal that will eventually help Sotio to develop further. But I think more importantly, uh, the deal puts value indirectly on the programs that we have internally at Sotio. Uh, as I said, I mean, and we had one program that they were developing. We have two of them. One of them will enter the clinics uh, later this year, and the other one is, is uh, preclinical. So, for me personally, the, the biggest impact of, of this NBE uh, acquisition by Beringer Ingelheim is that it indirectly validates uh, the, the programs that we have internally at Sotio. And uh, I'm, I'm actually very much looking forward to the moment we will. Uh, go clinical with our lead program and we will announce the target and I hope there will be this will be an opportunity to to sort of um, discuss interesting partnerships uh, for the clinical program with this with this molecule yeah very good um, so we're running a bit short on time here time flies when you're when you're having fun and covering good ground uh, <laughs> but before we before we uh, run too short on time, I want to give you an opportunity to to share with us some some highlights or key points from your clinical programs. And um, you know, rather than 
rather than put you on the spot and ask you to to comment on the on progress on each one because we certainly don't have time for that. I'll let you I'll let you share with us, you know, maybe pick a couple of your clinical programs that are making uh, significant steps or strides right now and, and share with us uh, mm-hmm. an update on those on those programs and what the next steps look like. Absolutely. So, I mean, our primary focus, as I said, is to identify early preclinical assets that are scientifically sound and that we believe uh, have a decent chance of getting into the clinical uh, <coughs> stage testing and ultimately to the market. So that's what we focus on, uh, identification of promising preclinical assets and basically incubating them and mm, bringing them to the clinics. Uh, what is currently, I, I guess, great for the company is that this year there will hopefully be two programs that will make it into the phase one. It will be one of the CAR-T programs uh, that is targeting GPC-3 and that we plan to develop uh, in, in hepatocellular carcinoma and probably uh, some additional indications. And what is great for the company of our size is that the first of the antibody drug conjugate programs that we, we will reveal at the AACR in a few weeks will hopefully also enter the clinic uh, end of this year. Uh, so two INDs, two uh, uh, new phase one programs in one year is a great achievement for the company. Uh, and you know, when, when, when asked uh, about the clinical stage programs and the most important uh, aspects, uh, I, I certainly need to comment on the IL-15 program that we have. Mm-hmm. So it's a program based on a modification of IL-15 molecule that basically creates a molecule that extremely efficiently stimulates immune response against tumor cells. It extremely efficiently stimulates T cells and NK cells, and those are cells that can then attack tumor cells and and hopefully help the patients in their fight against against the disease. Uh, We started a phase one program about a year ago, uh, and now we are getting uh, towards the end of so-called dose escalation, meaning that we are getting to the point where we will get the dose for the subsequent clinical trials with this molecule. And what is great is that already during the phase one, we have clear signs of clinical efficacy or clinical activity uh, of the molecule. We already have uh, patients uh, that clearly benefited uh, from the treatment of the molecule. So that makes it extremely interesting. And, and uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the moment where mid this year, I guess, we will initiate so-called expansion cohorts in specific diseases where we will test the activity of the molecule in monotherapy settings. And third quarter this year, we should be able to also initiate combination studies of this molecule with already established treatments, uh, which is an area where we see a huge potential for this IL-15-derived molecule, because it's preclinically a great combination partner for many clinically established treatment modalities, and we see a very nice synergy when we put the molecule together with, uh, with the existing drugs. So this is probably what I'm looking forward to most this year, that we will get into the real efficacy-seeking studies with this IL-15 molecule. Yeah, yeah, back 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 where you're comfortable in the in the, in the clinic, and uh, in the, in those clinical settings. Um, so I'm, I, I have to ask you this. I mean, there's a lot of early success. Uh, again, there's a lot of opportunity for success with, with Sodio there in Prague. Uh, 
you've mentioned that it's a burgeoning biotech scene there, you know, kind of, kind of early days for the biotech scene. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you, when you have some early clinical successes and, and IND successes, who do you, who do you celebrate with? Are you in a community of, of new and emerging biopharmas there, there in Prague? Are you in a, you know, maybe a science center? Do you have some people that you can go out and, and enjoy a pint with uh, when things go right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question in the current situation. I don't know whether you are aware, but for some reason, Czech Republic is doing extremely bad uh, with respect to the COVID infection. In the last few weeks, uh, it, it got really dramatic. So we are under complete lockdown. There's, there's no way to celebrate whatsoever. Uh, I, I go to work in the morning, which is almost illegal uh, because we are supposed to stay at home and then I return back home in, in the evening. But uh, yeah, I mean, there is a, it, it's amazing, but after 10 years, there's still a group of maybe 30 people that, that started the Sotio adventure with me. Uh, this initial nucleus of people that, that decided to make a transition from either pharma companies or from CROs or from the university, and they, they decided to embark on the Sotio adventure. I would say that 80% of those people are still there. And, and we, 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 I mean, the naivety has gone a little bit, but we still believe that there might be, uh, that, that, that the ultimate vision of the company is to one day get a compound on the market. And uh, whenever, whenever there is a successful step towards this goal, this is probably the, the group of people that we celebrate with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I hope that uh, I hope that nucleus expands. You know, I I hope uh, I, I hope the the, the burgeoning uh, biopharma and biotech scene and and Prague continues continues to grow. And as things get better there, uh, from a pandemic standpoint, uh, hopefully that'll that opportunity will present itself. But um, I'm sure it will. Yeah. yeah, but as I said, I I think we reached the point, and it's been obvious to us from the beginning. But we reached the point where we sort of clearly see that we need to be present uh, in in the U.S. in order to sort of be able to interact with the with the right community, with the KOLs, uh, with with uh, the potential partners for the further drug development. So so that's certainly a step that is ahead of us, and that we've been clearly exploring. Excellent. Well, we're uh, like I said, Doctor Spieshek, we're we're about out of time here. So I I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been a very enlightening conversation. I appreciate the updates and the insight into uh, you know in, into your growth and, and the management of that growth. I think it's very valuable information, and uh, I'm I'm honored to to have the conversation with you. Uh, thank you very much for the invitation. It's a great honor for me. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So that's Dr. Radek Spieshek. I'm Matt Piller, and this is the Business of Biotech. We're produced by Bioprocess Online in tandem with a great partner, Insitiva, a company that demonstrates its commitment to clinical stage biopharma companies at citivalifesciences.com backslash emerging biotech. There you can find a host of freely accessible resources that guide you on your journey from development to the clinic and beyond. Visit that site, visit us at uh, bioprocessonline.com where I'd love it if you'd subscribe to my newsletter. And if you like what you heard today, subscribe to the podcast and give us five stars. In the meantime, thanks for listening.